All right, we're back with another FGI podcast. And on this episode, we have Kyle from 16 by 9 joining us. He is the sales manager, and Stu and I are uh, really looking forward to having this conversation. Kyle, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So give us a little bit of uh, background on not only who you are, but also the um, the the organization 16 by 9. I know TSM and, and you guys have done a few partnerships uh, with, you know, uh, collaborations rather. And uh, but for the viewers, who uh, who are you and who is 16 by 9? So I am the sales manager for 16 by 9. I started off in the marketing department and uh, kind of just worked my way into being a sales manager kind of taking over everything and it felt really natural i guess just because of knowing all the products and uh taking all the photos for a while just stepping into a sales role but um yeah we are a u.s distributor 16 by 9 is the u.s distributor for um a lot of uh, really great brands uh, easy rig being one of them flow cine movcam noga uh, we manufacture the cinelock mm-hmm. and a couple other awesome little widgets and um i should also mention orca bags that's one of your newest ones correct uh orca we've been with orca for a while but they're um they're trying to step into the camera uh dslr sort of Mm. side of things so we do have a new line from them gotcha uh but yeah the 16 by 9 uh started off as a distributor and we're kind of the representation for a lot of these companies which has been really fun to learn um obviously some of these companies have some pretty interesting people at their heads and uh it's really cool to work with them yeah so so how does how does that work you know um you know obviously easy rig is one of the 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 largest brand names that you guys distribute but as a distributor what does that look like you know for you know i would most people think that the product just gets to these companies that they purchase from but in reality a lot of times they go through a distributor like you yeah so what i think the benefit that a company would see in us uh, distributing for them is that we are essentially the face of it so we do all the marketing and um the most heavy sits like heavy-handed side of that would be um maintaining the product so if you have an issue with your easy rig you come and see us and we'll take care of you we'll work through it and um that's i think the biggest benefit because if you have an issue with anything, especially something technical like a Flosini black arm, you're going to need to come to us and we're going to have very specific answers for you that you may not get from someone who is just selling the product. Yeah, so it's just it's an additional avenue for, for you know, product um, uh, specifications and fixing. And, you know, the fact that the product is now in the U.S. means that it gets to them a little faster. Right. The support side becomes really important to the users, I think, is what uh, is what it really boils down to. Yep. All right. And then you, uh, you said something earlier that was kind of um, that I, I want to have you elaborate on is it was a seamless transition from marketing to sales for you. Can you mm-hmm. elaborate what you kind of mean by that? Yeah. So uh, 60 Minutes as a company really allows us a lot of flexibility to work with people, to work with creators, uh, and to work with, you know, heads of departments at different companies. So that was something I was already doing as a marketing uh, manager over there. So it was really seamless to drop in all those contacts and just start saying, hey, I know you like our stuff and you're taking photos of it and making these awesome videos. Um, 
can you buy some? Would you like to uh, start working with us on a more professional level as a dealer? And that was really seamless for me. Gotcha. Now, Stu, you you had a few, um, when we kind of had our pre-call, you kind of had a few um, elements for the sales side. You want to elaborate on that? Yeah, I think, you know, kind of getting into the industry, you know, you said you're kind of new, you know, just talking earlier, said you were a little bit new to it. Um, you know, maybe you want to talk about just a little bit like jumping into production, because I know you have a, a graphic design background. And so, you know, that kind of leads into production and everything like that. You know, how have you found jumping into this industry, you know, in, in terms of, you know, what you're being tasked to do and kind of the problems that, uh, you know, you solve for production companies and, and, you know, productions pre, uh, you know, pre production and then, you know, ongoing support as well too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as far as production goes, I didn't really have any experience, like I'd said. And so hopping into the industry has been, uh, kind of like jumping on a moving train. It's, uh, it's just, there's so much to it. And, um, it's been wonderful to have so many people from this industry teach me things and kind of go through what different aspects are to the filming process. And production wise, I just, I love being able to solve people's problems because they'll come to me with a very specific problem. And uh, thankfully my uh, chief technical officer, James Lee has helped me. He's got tons of experience in this. And so it's really cool to have people bring their problems for production and then us just be able to work through it and then work with our distributors to try to find these different solutions for all these unique problems that this industry seems to have daily. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's production. We're, <clears throat> we are, um, problem solvers at, <laughs> at its base. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, how many, how many times have, I mean, I can tell you dozens of times that I've been on set and you just feel like you're, uh, you're playing with Legos. Um, like, you know, growing up, my, I have a, I have a young son and he just, all he does is play with Lego. Uh, now it's kind of his newest, uh, newest thing. And I feel like when I'm on set, I'm, I'm grabbing a Cardellini or an arm for this and I'm, I'm rigging to God knows what, and it's just problem solving and, and resolving that given issue. And you may not have the same issue twice in a day. Yeah. It's just the, the stories that I can hear that I hear from both sides of production. It's just, they're amazing every time. So everybody's got a you, really good one. And you, you kind of, when you started, you know, time-wise, it was kind of a very odd time for production, right? With 16 by nine, kind of I started early the day mid- COVID lockdowns went in. The uh, day? I, yeah. The day, the day. I, I went into uh, the job and I was like, hey, so um, am I still going to be like, have a job here? And it worked out to where you know, we were working from home off and on, but yeah, it was, everything shut down. How did you yeah, plan maybe, that? <laughs> that I, it was, it was bizarre. It was March, March 23rd in California. Oh man. Oh man. Do you want to talk, uh, you want to talk just a little bit, you know, touching on that. I, I kind of looked at your, uh, at your profile. You want to talk, like talk about that. Cause we, we did a lot of segments, uh, on this podcast, obviously kind of during, you know, and pre kind of leading up to it. And then, you know, there was a little space where, you know, it was quiet for production, but then it just kind of blasted off. You know, maybe if you want to kind of touch upon, you know, the last, you know, two years in terms of, you know, if anything's changed or just different trends or, you know, you're seeing more production, condensed production, you know, what does the landscape kind of look like you from, you know, kind of from day one to today? 
Yeah, just to go through it, I mean, like I said, I started the day uh, COVID lockdowns went in as the marketing guy. And then as uh, everything stopped, we stopped traveling. And then I had to kind of hop into that Zoom world and start doing live streams. And all promotion was online. And, you know, you couldn't really get people to go out and do pictures or on set was kind of a weird thing, I guess, because behind the scene pictures are everybody's masked up or they don't want you there at all. Uh, and then I started up as a salesman right as everything started getting lifted up. So it was very much everybody was driving themselves to get out there and just productions back on. Let's go hit it hard, hit it fast. And um, eventually I just ended up kind of finding my way through all of it. And that has really led to some cool opportunities like uh, road shows, going to all these different places again. Uh, I have a mixer uh, for like an audio mixer event that I'm going to in Austin, Texas. Uh, sorry, I think it's Dallas, but it's just really cool to see people again. And I think that's really gotten everybody back and excited about making movies and making all types of cool content. With that said, are there, I mean, what, what, um, what lessons or tips do you have for for the listeners? I mean, with all with all the the experience you've gained, not only during the COVID era but post. I mean, what it comes down to is we all have to sell ourselves as filmmakers. Oh whether, yeah. Whether it's you know us personally or a company or product or all three in certain situations. Um, what have you learned? What 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 it what's one or two pieces of concrete um, tips that you can provide? I guess firstly would just be to create content. And if you kind of want to get involved with a company who can maybe support you with products or you like their stuff, maybe throw a piece of their equipment into yours or create content, content directly for them and then approach them and be like, hey, I made this. Do you guys like it? You can buy it for me. You can send me more stuff and I can do more stuff like that. And I think that would be my recommendation for people who want to get started with working for a company like us i mean we we love being able to work with people it's uh it's really cool to see what they can do and we are allowed to give them a lot of freedom and um i think that would be my recommendation for people trying to get going is start getting involved with people who can support you along the way and don't you know you don't have to do it for free but again just try to make sure that you're looking out for yourself and that may include looking out for someone else for a second. You know, we have some collaborations with uh, with with you guys, and it's been right. it's been a lot of fun. Um, we're oh man, we're finishing up collaboration number I want to say three. Um, so uh, you know, Noga Power Arm. Um, we did um, we did the Pat Focus charts. We did mm -hmm. the. Uh, the Noka Cine arm, which was a combination of that and the power arm. So that's, that's two. Right. And then, um, we did your, your beloved, uh, Cine locks, which I'm a huge proponent of. And funny enough, that's what got us to connect with you guys was the Cine locks. I mean, I had one on, um, our original F55 here, uh, that I bought in 2020, um, right before the lockdowns I, I bought. So funny, you started your day, um, your new position on lockdown day and I had bought yeah. a Sony F55 cinema, cinema body um, 
uh, full kit and everything. I bought that for the company about three weeks before the lockdowns. So um, that ca- that camera went out on one shoot and then sat and collected dust for about uh, six weeks. So uh, fun fun times on that one. Um, but ne- but ever since then it's been it's been you know it's been our workhorse camera. So the um, but the Cine Lock I bought that I bought the camera you know rigged it out and I got a Cine Lock on it and I absolutely love it and over the course of you know a year the posts we were tagging and we started talking whatever the case may be and now we have uh, some collaborations with you guys so um, it's funny that you're you know the example that you gave is exactly what we ended up doing to connect with you guys. Yeah, and the Cine Lock is just such an awesome, awesome little piece of equipment. I'm always amazed by it because it's just uh, it's just so well made, yep. and uh, it really has involved me in a lot of ways on figuring out how all this stuff works and all the little pieces and all the things you can do with it. So, yeah. well, you guys are the original Cine Lock too, so gotta oh gotta, yeah, gotta give you guys the uh, the the proper plug and shout out on that one. So even though I will say. Yeah, I will say that we, we've done a lot of extensive testing and uh, we'll bring any competitor to the table for a little oh, weight yeah. test if they want to try out. Oh, yeah, that that 80 pound. See, I know uh, that 80 pound weight limit is is phenomenal. And I've I mean, I have not put 80 pounds on it, but I've definitely put in put um, plenty of torque and stress on it. That probably equates to that 60 to 80 pound weight limit, um, just on torque and stress and weird angles and whatnot. So, um, I can, I can attest to it. That, that first one that I bought is three years old and still going strong. Never once has failed us. And then now have two others on two other camera builds of ours. Yeah. It's a great little piece of equipment and, uh, yeah, it's definitely overtuned for what most people use it for, but I think that's important towards the longevity of something like that, that you're going to want to rely on every day. I mean, I would rather it be operational for years to come. Like I said, the original one I bought from you guys, um, is three years old and it was, um, just used two days ago and still, still going strong shows no sign of, of giving anytime soon. So yeah, that's great to hear. So I guess, you know, kind of being in sales, like, you know, where you're positioned right now, I think it's personally for me, you know, I'm a big data guy. So, you know, on my daily, everything, you know, I'm kind of in that. I'd love to kind of get an idea of, you know, what you're seeing trend wise, you know, uh, you know, a lot of kind of what we try to talk about and, you know, try to bring our listeners is, you know, new trends or ideas or really kind of anything like, you know, just what's on the horizon and you know what are you know some of the bigger production companies you know really focusing on and i guess you know kind of looking at you know what you're selling or what distributors are asking for yeah absolutely i think as far as the industry goes we're we're seeing a big uptrend in people who are buying easy rigs and any sort of device um like the flow cine g-link people are looking for ways to get that camera off their spine that's just the the main things people are losing their backs. And I guess that had just been an industry standard for a while. Guys were like, Oh, I put it in my 30 years and now I can't walk, but <laughs> it's, um, it's becoming more important. I think, especially for, we're seeing a lot of female DPs and ops come in for easy rigs that we didn't see before. Um, so I think a lot of people are, are very concerned with making things easier, especially in a production world where you're having a lot of one man band shows. 
a lot of people who are just out there on their own with their single camera and they need to do everything. Yeah. Nice. Um, you know, I guess, you know, kind of going from that, you know, you don't have to go really kind of into any details or anything like that, but do you guys have any, you know, any insight on, you know, some cool projects you guys are kind of working on or, you know, details that you can share with us, you know, anything coming up? Sure. I think, um, I think I'm okay to share, um, easy rigs coming out with the new product. Um, it's nothing fancy, but it's been something that's been highly requested. It's just a little lens carrier case for the side of your rig for people who, again, want to do some hot swaps. As far as things in the work, I mean, we just upgraded the G-Link to the 1.5. Uh, there's really not too much on the horizon. I mean, like I said about Orca bags, they're coming out with that whole DSLR line. So yep. they're bringing their reputation from the audio side because they, they got famous from making audio bags. For all those uh, sound guys, mm-hmm. those beautiful, weird sound guys, <laughs> they're, um, it's their trusted brand. And so uh, we're trying to kind of apply that towards our DSLR bags. But um, yes, I think I, that's pretty much the new stuff. The the Orca component was, um, so it was the week after Thanksgiving, I was on set, it was crazy. I was on set like seven out of 10 straight days, right? Yeah. And um, Michael, the current marketing manager for 16 by nine, that's who I primarily talk to. I uh, I sent him I sent him a, a message after like day like seven. I was like, hey, just so you know, I've run into three different audio guys on three different projects, not related in any way, shape or form. And all of them have Orca bags. Just thought that was funny, you know. You know, hope you hope Thanksgiving was <laughs> went well for you and your family. Talk to you later. Like it was just, I just like I said, it was just three jobs over like the course of like five days. I mean, yeah. I was on I was on set a good amount, but um, there, I'm I'm seeing them more and more here here in Tampa Bay. Um, and it's it's I hadn't seen Orca bags. I mean, I've been here since 20 moved a uh, moved a uh, uh, St. Pete Clearwater in 2012, and okay. I hadn't seen an orca bag until like this past summer and I'm now at like six audio guys in the last six months that I've run into. Um, and then, but yeah, three of them in the same week right after Thanksgiving. So, um, and I was talking to all of them and one's like, Oh, I've had it for months. So another one's like, Oh, I bought it from a buddy of mine who, you know, he upgraded his setup. And then the one, the one guy was like, yeah, I, I got this last week. I was like, oh, all right. So like, I mean, his was pristine because he was like, yeah, this is the second day that it's going out on set with me. So, um, but yeah, and I was just kind of, kind of just talking with him. But, um, but yeah, definitely seeing orca bags more often here. Um, definitely, definitely made it to the uh, to the east coast. That's great to hear. So I think, you know, we've kind of covered a little bit. You know, we've kind of covered sixteen by nine. We've kind of covered your background. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think. Uh, kind of our next thing, you know, that we really want to talk about is, you know, just any, I think, you know, Kevin had earlier had mentioned uh, TSM and 16 by nine collaborations, mm-hmm. right? Can you, uh, you can either kind of go into those a little bit more or, you know, collaborations you're doing with other companies or just, you know, other field tests or anything like that. So that, you know, how do you guys pretty much, you know, work with production straight on, not in terms of just selling, but kind of getting that response back, you know, getting like good field tests and, 
you know, how do you guys take that back in? A lot of the times it's just, it's either people emailing us saying, hey, this is not working right, or hey, this has been great. Um, a lot of the times I think that we're looking for someone who's going to approach us. Uh, we're, I, I gotta I got be honest that I'm not going to say we have the best luck approaching people as far as them not really understanding it, especially mm -hmm. uh, gaffers and those guys behind the scenes. They're, they're kind of crusty and um, kind of standoffish, but we're, we're always looking to put our products somewhere that someone is going to actually enjoy it. So if we send it to somebody and they have negative feedback, it's just, I mean, it's so, it's so, we like hearing it because then we can pass that back on to the manufacturers. Like if there's an issue coming up with these things, like they want to hear about it, you know? So I think, I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. It, it does. It, and I mean, it, I, I, Stu, if you don't mind, I, I got, I have no, actually go a good example of that. We, the, the Noga power arm, right. Which there's, yeah. you know, again, you know, but for the viewers, there's three models. There's, um, um, there's essentially like a, a shorty that has a higher weight capacity, that middle ground. So for length verse or length and weight capacity. And then there's a longer version that has the least amount of weight capacity, obviously because of physics. Right. Um, right. So you guys sent us that, that middle ground option, um, just to mm -hmm. be able to play around with. And we, we threw that in our studio, threw that on a, uh, in our grid, put a aperture 1200 D and the light dome two. So a uh, very beefy setup, completely overkill for what we were doing, but we were trying to stress the arm and trying to kind of right. push, push it to the, push it to the limit. Um, we were about, I would say if ooh, I want to say we were like 4.1 pounds away from the max weight. Capacity. Oh, really? And, yeah, but we were at a awkward angle. So obviously again, torque comes into play and we probably were at, you know, for the, for all intents and purposes, we were at the, at the weight capacity and that thing held phenomenally. I was sweating bullets because I'm on a ladder hanging this, um, talking to the camera. I mean, real time, um, real time examples that we were given and I'm sweating bullets. The arm is holding steady. Phenomenal. We ended up using it in uh, in our studio to get photos of um, some trophies we recently won. Like I said, it was a completely overkill setup, but we were doing it to to you know have a practical usage and just you know force the arm. But the one, not necessarily negative, but one major note we had, I ended up having a really good conversation with Michael about that, and he pushed the information along over to uh to noga um now whether that anything's done with that or not that's not my business nor you know really i doesn't really matter to me but they wanted honest feedback and we gave it so um i think we all yeah. agree when you when you watch product reviews when you watch uh production companies dps gaffers uh whether the good gaffers or the crusty gaffers, as you mentioned, um, um, giving giving feedback, you just want to be honest. That's really the biggest thing. I mean, I've personally I've clicked away from reviews, um, tutorials, the the you know anything gear related. I've clicked away if I if I get a semblance of it being fake or staged or oh yeah you know paid paid programming style where it's like oh this is the best thing since sliced bread and you're like no it's not like it's good don't get me wrong but I can tell you're not gonna tell you be you're not gonna give me the honest feedback. Um, we've all clicked away, right? So yep. um, that's the biggest thing. And obviously, when we do collaborations with you guys, like you 
know, we point blank say, like, we're going to be honest. Like, we're just going to be honest. It is what it is. Um, and thankfully, uh, kudos to you guys. You openly say back to us, yes, please be honest. Don't fake. Oh, yeah. Don't lie. You know, um, you know, we obviously, you know, you guys obviously have interest in wanting the products to be put, you know, shed in its best light. But you also understand that if a product's just not good, it's not good. Um, and it could also correlate to bad sales. You might start realizing like, oh, this, that, that explains why the sales numbers aren't good is because we're getting all this bad feedback. Like that, that actually benefits you guys. Cause then you can talk to those manufacturers and those companies and make a adjustment so that way there's more sales. I mean, that's the whole point, right? Is to sell the product. Yeah. I think that's um, a really good point. I mean, as far as the online space goes and uh, it's, it's different compared to being face to face with somebody who's used it online. I want the discourse. I know yeah. we want the discourse. We want the good, the bad, everybody weighing in. So if you hated it, you know, tell us why. And then maybe somebody else can weigh in and be like, well, I felt like this or that about it. And uh, maybe this situation worked for me and you're using it wrong. I mean, I want I want to see everything. And yep. I think that's what most people want to see as consumers. They just want to know that whatever the opinions being given, they're honest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I told uh, Michael was going out to a, um, a show out in um, uh, Vegas or I want to say Vegas like a month ago. And he called me the day before he left and he was like, Hey, like give me that feedback again. Cause we had talked earlier and he's like, say it, say it to me again. Cause I'm actually going to be talking to, you know, someone at Noga at this event and I want to be able to make sure I'm relaying it properly. So it was, it was nice, you know, and again, it, maybe nothing comes of it, but at least a voice, to, to that problem, potential problem. Um, and it was, like I said, it was just a, you know, for production personnel, for people in the field, like the, the power arm has, uh, two, uh, five eighth baby pins on each side, one on each side. Right. Right. And my recommendation was have a version doesn't necessarily have to be the only model that's out there, but have a version that has a five eighth baby pin on one side and a junior receiver on the other. Well, why? Because that aperture 1200 D is a junior pin. So what I had to do was I had to put a baby to junior adapter on it which that technically was the weak point in that whole setup was that adapter um and i had i had to i had to crank that adapter down to ensure that the 1200d doesn't fall to the ground the arm held steady the entire time didn't even flinch but that adapter once or twice was very was kind of wiggling a little bit on me but that had nothing to do with aperture i mean uh had nothing to do with the um the aperture light or the noga power arm it had nothing to do with it it was a third party adapter um so it's like well if you make a version that has a baby pin on one side and a junior receiver on the other then i will feel more inclined using a light that has a junior pin on it well kev i could tell you that that feedback did get back because i've heard all this <laughs> and I didn't know where it was from, but, uh, yeah, Michael definitely Boom. mentioned it to, um, Avi, the guy from Noga good, when we were good. out there. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's the biggest thing is like, you know, again, to your credit, you guys, you guys openly tell us like, be honest. And that's why we like yeah. doing collaborations with you guys is, you know, knowing like, Hey, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna be able to test out some products and have some fun with some, with some products, but also, you know, we don't have to, we don't have to be fake in the process. Yeah. No, and I think uh, that goes for basically anything. I mean, we've had guys come back and tell me how much they didn't like this or that, and then we work with them. We tell them, like, okay, well, you're not using it right. What about like this? And then they're like, oh, 
I didn't know I could do that. Here we go. And then it changes everything. So well, that's fun. That's yeah. the, 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 you know, we, I think we've all also used products incorrectly on accident. So good, good that that can get resolved easily. I bet you, you're, you enjoy getting those uh, phone calls or emails where you're like, Hey, quick tweak and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. No, it's always a relief that they just, you know, why is the color that way? Well, I can't change the color, but if you uh, tell me that you can't get it to hold the weight and I can say, Oh, just turn this knob. And they're like, Oh, okay. Now right. it all makes sense. Nice. Um, easy rig was, was kind of the, the data, um, point that you mentioned earlier. Is there another, another company, another product that you guys, um, or that you are seeing a, a spike in sales, um, different usage? Is there another example you guys can provide to us outside of easy rig? Yeah, I think the, like I mentioned before the, you guys, obviously the collaboration with us for, uh, the pad charts mm-hmm. and, uh, we're seeing a lot of people who kind of want to have that DP-esque, ability to test their lenses, get that black or gray point on the move. You know, they're a one man band. They're running around LA with just them and their sound recorder and their camera. So this is, this is something that we kind of saw as an ability for people to give themselves that credibility as far as the testing of their equipment and making sure it's all good to go. Pat has that, uh, that field kit, the magnetic field kit, right? That's yeah. the one. That's the in my opinion, right? Like, you know, that's just that's just my my opinion. Um, but mm-hmm. that's the one to have. Um, it's Yeah. Oh, please. And they're great kits. I mean, I know that if most of these cameras aren't aren't going to go to 8K, but the charts have the ability to do that. And so when you're able to kind of have that credibility, you're like, "Oh, let me test my camera or whatever and make sure that 100% it's doing exactly what you want it to." Yep. That I think is important for a lot of people that are trying to make themselves more of authority on what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of reds that go 8K. So if you're if you have if you have an 8K so, yeah. camera, um, you're you need to be able to utilize that. Or you know whether it's an Alexa Mini, the new Alexa 35. You know those are 4K cameras, but that right. th- those patch charts are gonna are gonna work flawlessly for that. I mean, most charts kind of capped out at 1080. You start getting some distortion and you know, then really, if, if the chart's giving you distortion and, uh, you know, on back focus or anything like that, then it's not really doing you any favors. Right. All right. Nice. Well, those, yeah, those patch charts are, are, are a, a nice, a fun one. We, um, we, yeah, but, you know, like we mentioned earlier, we did a few collaborations on those in the field, uh, Tampa international mm-hmm. airport. We did, um, we did uh, a, a commercial campaign for them and we had those in the field with us and oh, cool. believe it or not, they actually came in really handy out in the field. Um, we, we legitimately needed it. It was super hot, sunny Florida, hot day. And, um, we needed to, to pull that out. We attached it to the side of a car using the back, the magnetic plate on the back and, uh, yeah refocused up we thought we thought uh, a monitor was uh was going on us and uh sure enough it was just uh it was just our eyes deceiving us we were we were a little hot um it was like i said it was in august and we were sweating so just dub- <laughs> double check that the monitor calibration was right we were good to go and we were back up and running within like a minute but having that in our kit we just hey, let's just double check mm-hmm. that we're not uh we're, we're not messing something up here mm-hmm. yeah i think that's uh it's a really good point is it just it just confirms what you can't see sometimes mm-hmm. and that's important from a being 100 percent accurate standpoint yeah you know and then um the field kit lives in our dzo um 
uh, Pictar Zoom Kit because you can change it from EF to PL and you can put different oh. shims on from different for different sensors. So if yeah. you need to en- enable and ensure that the par focal element in those lenses, which is a big selling point for those for those uh, for those lenses, got to make sure it's par focal from wide to from wide to tight for your sensor. So uh, sensor placement and sensor size will depict how um, how many shims you put in it. Well, you need a focus chart in order to ensure that you are um, you have full range from wide to wide to tight so it actually um lives in our in, in that lens kit so that way when we get to set if we're using a different camera we can throw that on anything that's magnetic you know i've i've attached that i've slapped that on a c-stand four or five times and changed you know from 0.15 on the shims to 0.28 and depending on the depending on the sensor and double check focus and you're you're up and running I have one last question, and it kind of goes back to the crusty gaffer. Uh, Uh-oh. I think I'm going to have to retract that one. In uh, case, uh... Well, well in, in an earlier question, too, uh, I think we were talking about, um, you know, sales data or, you know, kind of who you're seeing. And, and you had mentioned a lot of new female DPs. And I think that that's interesting. Um, yeah. Is there like who you're dealing with and who's kind of requesting, you know, your gear? It's like I want because obviously our listeners, you know, the idea of is to kind of, you know, get in and kind of build your career and, you know, to navigate through the industry. Um, what like what other positions are you kind of seeing transition over, you know, kind of from like the traditional production roles? Because like you said, you know, a lot of people are in. A lot of people traditionally, you know, when you get into this industry, you're in there for a long time, you know, 20, 30 years, you know, go by in the, in the blink of an eye, you know, are there other roles that you're seeing, you know, the demographic change, like obviously getting younger a little bit, um, for sure, always. And then, you know, I guess, you know, a second part of that question or part, you know, B of that is you know, what are their demands? Kind of what are they looking for? And, you know, we kind of touched upon it earlier, but like, you know, what's changing position wise, demographically, and, you know, what do they want out of their gear? Yeah, I guess the first part, um, I wouldn't say that I've noticed too much trend change because I I really deal with like uh, the end users, people coming in who are, either on production and they need something to kind of support the production. They're not in charge of everything. So I will say, like you mentioned that uh, I'm seeing a lot more female DPs, which is awesome because they're, um, they just love coming in and like having the gear and I don't know, but I guess I wouldn't say that I've seen too much change otherwise. Uh, like you said, younger, but, um, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure that I know too much change going on. It kind of feels like everybody has been there forever. Every time I talk to somebody, it's like, oh, I've been doing it forever, and um, that's kind of this cool part of it where you get to talk to somebody for a little while and all their history, and that's really cool because this industry is just so complicated and so deep and so full of characters and stories so uh i guess that's that's not changing people are still strange and interesting and 
crusty and just I don't know. <laughs> I guess that's kind of that's kind of what I would say. Yeah, I take all so of that with a, with a batch of pride. Oh, I'm, yeah. good. I'm good with all that. Oh, me <laughs> too. And like, yeah, talking to people at these trade shows, it's just the best. I mean, you never meet the same kind of person. They're everybody's so different, unique, and crazy. It's just it's awesome. It's really awesome. Actually, do you mind if you dive into to communication a little bit more? I mean, being a being in sales, uh, you came from marketing, you went into sales. You obviously talked to a bajillion and nine people a week, probably. Um, yeah. What's um, what's some advice that you would give filmmakers in in terms of communicating to one another, communicating with distributors, communicating with clients? Um, give give your your sales insight on how people can communicate better and sell themselves better, thus getting more jobs. Yeah, I guess um, my recommendation based on kind of my experience, which is very little, so grain of salt, but I would say that if you're going to be talking to somebody in the industry side of manufacturing, uh, just definitely don't take yourself too seriously. We're all kind of figuring everything out at once. And so if you try to approach it like you're worried we're gonna be overly professional or overly critical of your work, you know, we're just all trying to figure it out. I think that's what I love about this industry is everybody seems to kind of work each other out and like have a feel for just being people as opposed to corporate entities or, <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's probably what I would say, yeah. Okay, I like it, I like it. Um, yes, yeah, Stu, anything else on, on your side? I think at this point I've uh, I've gotten um, uh, all my questions answered with Kyle. Yeah, no, we appreciate you Yeah, coming on and giving us some insight. You know, what oh, this was really cool, and, yeah. And what you've gone through and, uh, you know, where you're at and, and 16 by 9 as a whole. You know, it's cool that you guys, you and uh kev have been able to you know collab and i think that you know that just kind of you know really industry uh illustrates kind of what a lot of i mean companies that you know distribute products and offer that you know are really in touch with uh you know the people that use them and i think that mm -hmm. ultimately providing that support and uh being able to provide what you guys you know do provide in terms of knowledge and communication and feedback and everything like that i mean it it, it really helps you know, it really helps, you know, everyone involved. So yeah, yeah, we, I mean, thank, we appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. I mean, what you're doing is very cool. It's very important. I think, uh, for guys like me that hop into the industry and want to learn everything we can and to have a source that we can go to and listen to professionals and people talk about the industry in a way that doesn't really happen in a 10 minute YouTube video. It's outstanding and uh, invaluable. Yeah, you're, you. You, no, you're welcome. You were mentioning earlier that you um, are going to have a promo code for us. So um, we're going to put that yep. on screen here in a second. And uh, that's uh, courtesy of 16 by 9 So thank you for that. Use code FGI169 for 10% off products from Orca, Orca DSLR, Noga, Pat Charts, Movecam, and 16 by 9 Code cannot be used for products from Flowcine or EasyRig. Want to tell our listeners where they can find more info? Yeah, you can uh, find us on our socials uh, at 16x9inc. And um, 
find us on sixteen-x9inc.com uh, and uh, yeah, give us a call, shoot us an email, let us know what you need, what we can help with, and uh, we're more than happy to help anytime. Yeah, a lot of cool products. Check out their website often because you, you all tend to really have something new every every few weeks. It seems like so probably lightly exaggerating there, but that's what it feels like to me. Yeah, who knows what uh, 2023 <laughs> will bring, but uh, well, it's going to be a lot of interesting stuff coming. Nice. Well, thanks again, Kyle. Really appreciate it. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks Thank to you all very listeners much. as well, too. Appreciate it. That's a wrap on this episode of FGI. It was edited by Ken Davis. FGI is a production of Two Stories Media and Greenlit Entertainment. Subscribe and listen on Spotify, Apple, or wherever your favorite podcasts are. Mm-hmm.